You think your church is healthy? How can you tell? Well, we'll talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. The marks or signs of a healthy church. Oh, it's not always what we think it just might be. Oh, there are those who have some specific ideas, but when it comes to the bottom line, it's only the Word of God that really matters. And here in Acts chapter 9, verses 26 through 31, we have signs of a healthy church laid out for us. And it's those signs that we're looking at here today. This is Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor now takes us back once again to the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 26 through 31. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now. Getting better and going to another level does not mean that you're just doing more things for God. It means you're getting better as a Christian. You're growing in your walk. The anger you used to have, you don't have that anger anymore. The lust that was in your heart, you don't have that lust in your heart anymore. Being prideful, you've let God deal with the pride in your heart, that you're not always, if somebody tries to correct you, you don't always blame it on somebody else or make excuses for your faults, that you take personal responsibility. That's the growth that God is looking for in our life. Can I have an amen? That's what God is looking for in our lives, that you smile at people now. They used to call you Mean Gene. Some of us, they give us nicknames because we act in a certain way. And I think what happens is God, he comes in and he changes us. He lifts the burden. He cleanses us from the inside out, and we become edified. When people come to this church, I don't want people just to come to this church and enjoy a service. I want people to be changed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we want. To be edified and built up and strengthened. They were edified. He says not only were they edified. He says they were edified. Look at verse 31. And walking in the fear of the Lord. Somebody say the fear of the Lord. This word here means terror. It means reverence. It means respect and honor. This great Greek word means terror. It means reverence. It means respect and honor. And when it comes to God, we've got to have this in the church. We've got to get back to reverencing God, respecting God, honoring God, being afraid of God. And I tell you all all the time, I don't know about you, but I read this Bible and I, I believe this stuff. You mess around too much, God will kill you. I'm not playing. It's in this book. I read some of this stuff in here. I'm saying, oh, Lord Jesus, God's not playing. He just told the angel to hit him, and the angel hit him, and he died, and then the worms ate up his body in the New Testament. That's why I don't play. People think, I don't play. I read this stuff. I say, oh, God will kill you. I'm not going to play around with that. But what happens is people come to church and they just, they don't see, they don't have a reverence for God. An honor and respect that when we, when we, when we're, when we're congregated together or when we're out in the community and when we're representing God, that man, I fear God. 
that it's, it's not about my, you know, what my accountability partner said, what my wife said, or what this person said. It's about what God said. And God is watching me. And I want to make sure, I think it's important that we all get this, that at the end of the day, we want to please God. And, and really get it in our minds that these people, they walked in the fear of the Lord. That they walked in the fear of the Lord, that the fear of the Lord is a good thing. I preach so many times on all the blessings and the promises that come to our lives if we would just fear God. If we'd have respect, if we'd have reverence, if we if we honored him, if we did that, the blessings that hit our lives when we have the fear of the Lord. When pe- in the church, I want them to be within the church, and this is a sign of a of a, of a healthy church is when there's a healthy fear of God in our midst. That I'm not going to talk about that person because that's God's child. I'm not going to get involved in this stuff because God doesn't want me to get involved in this stuff. And when we develop the fear of the Lord, it puts a smile on God's face. It causes him to 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 want to bless us. Have you ever had a child that, and I, and I hear about these all the time, I thank God I don't have any children like this, but it, it, when, a, when a child that you have is being disrespectful to you, do you want to buy him some things? Mama, y'all need to give me some stuff now. There's no honor. But it's the same thing when we come before God. God, how come you haven't blessed me? You tripping, Lord. We just come off crazy like God. Listen, you better read your Bible. God is real. And we should have a healthy fear of the Lord and honor and respect. When we come together, when we come to church, that we come to church. And and as much as depends on us and is is. I want to say this and, and and I hope this doesn't. But saints, isn't it amazing how we won't even show up to church on time? You're getting ready to meet with the king of the universe. And I guarantee you he's got all kinds of treats and goodies and blessings that he wants to pass out. And we show up like it's not. Wait a minute. I'm going to meet with God. What time does it start? I'm getting there. I want to meet with God. God's going to be up in there. I'm going to lift my hands and the power of God's going to come upon me. They're going to start worshiping and I'm going to meet with God. Can I have an amen? There's a certain sense of reverence that we have. That we should have. But we'll show up to the Raider game three hours before so we can tailgate in the parking lot and we can. Am I preaching right now? We got to develop a healthy fear of the Lord and honor and reverence for God. And this is a sign of a healthy church and of a prospering church that the people have a, a good, a good, healthy fear of who God is. And it causes them to conduct their, fear, their affairs in the right way. Look what it says here in verse 31. And walking in the fear of the Lord and comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiplied. Somebody say comfort of the Holy Spirit. This word here, comfort. It means exhortation. It means encouragement. In the Greek, it means comfort. The Holy Spirit, he comes in. And as we develop the fear of the Lord, as we are edified and there's peace in the house, the Holy Spirit, he comes in and he begins to exhort people. He begins to encourage people. 
And you find this going on. It's not just a matter of God comforting you through other people, but now the Holy Spirit is drawing near to the congregation, near to the house of God, and people all around are just getting comforted and exhorted and encouraged by the Spirit of God. He begins to convince us that things that we could not do, that we can do them through the power of his spirit. He helps us to get off the ground. He helps us to, to get the sense that his nearness is all we need to get an assignment accomplished. He helps to deliver us from depression. He helps to deliver us from, from discouragement. He helps to, to, to get us healed from all of our, our wounds. And things that have taken place in our lives. The Holy Spirit, it just becomes a part of the culture where the Holy Spirit is active and moving in people's lives. And some individuals who've never talked about areas in which they needed to be healed, they're getting healed because of the Holy Spirit's impact and presence in their lives. And some things that we didn't even know we needed to be healed from, the Holy Spirit begins to come in and comfort us, exhort us, to encourage us and to help us see you can do this. You can get out of this thing. You can make it. Well, pastor, I don't, well, you know, Lord, I don't have a degree. I can't. Just follow me. Let me encourage you. You can do this. Pastor, it's hard for me to raise these kids by myself. Their father's not around or their, mo- or their mother's not around. How am I going to do this? You're going to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. That God will encourage you that you can do it. He will encourage you. He will exhort you that you're going to get up and do this. Pastor, I'm tired of working these jobs. I I can't do it. But the Holy Spirit is going to give you power. If you got to work two jobs, you're going to work two jobs. And God's going to bless you to work two jobs until, until until you can make a change. But you can do this. Pastor, I'm struggling with these drugs. I'm struggling with this addiction. God's going to give you power over these addictions, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to get free from this because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to... Can I have an amen in here? The Holy Spirit's going to give you power over this. He's going to help you. He's going to exhort you, and he's going to encourage you to do what you could not do in your own strength. Well, when you have a church that is a healthy church, you'll find that the Holy Spirit now is coming in and helping people to get delivered, to get free, start to become. Well, Pastor, I, I know that God wants me to speak, but every time I get in front of the, my business in my in my business meetings and I'm supposed to give a presentation, I always start fumbling over my words and messing up the presentation. Wow. The Holy Spirit is going to give you power and encourage you and strengthen you that you get up there and just let the Holy Spirit just use you. The Holy Spirit is not just in the church, y'all. In the church building, he's with us wherever we go. Lord, how can I do this? It's the comfort of the Spirit of God. People get the sense that they're not alone. That the Holy Spirit, whoo, I just feel this. I just feel this right now. Woo! That the Holy Spirit is going to give you power to overcome in your life. Stop saying you can't do it. And I don't know if it's going to happen. And I'm tired of this. And I quit. The devil is a lie. I'm not quitting. The Holy Spirit is going to give me power to do it. And I'm going to keep on doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen in here? I feel this right now. People need to hear this. And and let me say this to you. It's not just you. You're not by yourself. 
that you have the power of the Spirit of God resident in your life. The Holy Spirit is not coming to you. He's already in you. Yield to him. Let him comfort you. Get out of the pity party. Get out of talking yourself out of your breakthrough. Stop talking yourself out of what you can't do. Start telling yourself what you can do through Christ who strengthens you. This is what we got to get back to. But what happens in the local church, oftentimes we create cultures and environments where we make it more like a hospital instead of like a a training center. What I mean by that is there's a there's a hospice aspect to what we do. But at the heart of what God is doing is he's edifying, he's comforting, he's building you up, he's getting you prepared. But what happens is we 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 sit down and we just we 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 have this mentality that everybody that's broken comes to church and just sits there broken for the rest of their lives and prays until Jesus comes back. The devil is a liar. We come here, we get built up, we get strengthened, we get encouraged, we get empowered, we get revelation, we get insight, we get knowledge, we get the, the power of God moving in our life and we change things, we shake things, we move things, we, we, whoo, glory to God. We start getting things going and people up and going and you can do this. Get up. Let's see God do it. He's going to break you through. And what happens is people start getting encouraged through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can get off those drugs. You can. The Holy Spirit is going to help you and encourage you to overcome in areas where you have a perceived limitation. He'll take what you think is a weakness and make it a strength in your life. And it's all because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, and, we, and we allow God to do that in our midst. And this is a sign. People come to the church and, say, and they say, man, what happened to you? Man, I went to that church and the power of the Holy Spirit hit my life. Man, you're not forgetting everything on the job anymore. Yep, the Lord restored my brain cells. Can I? <laughs> he restored my, all my drinking and partying and clubbing. The Lord done put some fresh brain cells in my head. I can remember some things now. This is part of the comfort and the exhortation of the Holy Spirit. This is what God does. And this is what people should sense when they come to a church. Not I'm just a low down dirty sinner and God's going to help me and I'm, I can't do anything. And praise the Lord. Somebody come and comfort me. No, you're going to get up. And I pray that in this church that we make it uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. For people who don't want to be comforted by the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen, y'all? And the last thing we see here is a sign. He says, in walking in the fear of the Lord, verse 31, and comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiply. This word here in the Greek, it means to make full. It means to increase. They multiplied. They multiplied individually. There should be a sense of, of growing, multiplying, making full, increasing in our lives. But then at the same time, from a, from a numerical standpoint, we should see people coming. God's, God's not in the business of having us plant churches and it doesn't grow. We want to grow spiritually, but we also want to see God add people to the church and multiply the, the congregation so that people are seeing more people come. 
And by the grace of God, we've seen God do this in our church has been amazing. But I will say this. This is just something we should look for. The expectation that as God equips us, we go out and equip others. We go out and help others. As God has saved us, God begins to use us to go and reach other people. Multiplication begins to take place within a local church, and we should sense that. If we're constantly in a church and our church is always dying, we have to stop and say, wait a minute, there's something that's unhealthy here. God has planted a church, which is a seed in the earth. He plants it, and his intention is for it to begin to grow. Now, churches grow at different rates from a numeric standpoint. But I will say this. There should be the sense that new people are coming and they're getting saved and getting transformed and and restored and healed. And this is what we should be looking for. If we're pastoring and our church has been at 20 members for the last 20 years. We've got to stop and reevaluate what's what's going on. What is what is it about the church that's unhealthy? Multiplication should be something we should be looking for. Increase in your life. Increase in your joy. Increase in your peace. Increase in your patience. Increase in your kindness. Increase in your goodness. Increase in your self-control. There should be increase. We should be sensing that, man, I'm increasing. I'm multiplying. This increase is spilling over to my children. This increase is spilling over into my community. This multiplication is spilling over on my job. That people are seeing and, and I'm having, are seeing something changing me and they're seeing the impact. This is what we should be looking for, saints. But if we are a church that has no peace, no one's getting built up and edified. There's no fear of God. No comfort of the Holy Spirit. And the church isn't growing. We have to stop and say, what am I involved in? If we have these same characteristics in our own personal lives, we have to stop and say, what am I, what am I doing as the church? Am I growing? Saints, as we're coming to the end of this age, I honestly believe this. The true lighthouses of God are going to be clearly evident as we're approaching this end of the age god is not god's reminding us that he's not impressed with our big buildings and our edifices and 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 how fantastic our worship team is and and how fantastic and how much money we have in the bank and all those things are a blessing and we're good and we thank god for those things but if that becomes the sign of our success then we've missed the mark because if you go over to Peru and you go over to Cambodia and you go over to these places, they don't have all this stuff, but they got peace. But they're being edified. And we tend to, in this country, measure success by stuff. Can I have an amen? We measure success by stuff. And it's not always about the stuff. And the stuff is not always a sign that we're right with God. But where you have peace with God and with man, you're heading in the right direction. When you have people being edified in the local church and they're being built up and being strengthened and they're coming together and they're getting into the light of God and they're learning how to, do, to walk with God, then that's when you're starting to go in the right direction. 
when you sense that people have the fear of God, you're heading in the right direction. Comfort of the Holy Spirit and multiplication. Now we're talking about that which God is pleased with. And I want to remind us all in closing that as your pastor, I am endeavoring to make sure that this congregation, as much as God's blessed us and will continue to bless us, that this congregation never becomes some social club in the community. We are the church of the living God. And we have a lot of nice stuff. Praise the Lord. And, but I, I will say this, when we are over there in Dublin, in that box at 2, 4, and 6, we were still having church up in there too. I got the videos. And as we stop and pause today, and this message really is just a message to keep us on track. Make sure, saints, that we keep the right perspective. Let's see through God's eyes, not through what the culture defines as, as success. Father, I pray today that you would continue to help us to model as a church your perspective of success. That we're not just looking at all the earthly possessions and all the wonderful ways in which you blessed us as a ministry. We're looking at those things that really were signs of success in this first century church. Lord, the fear of the Lord was present with them. They left a lasting impression. Comfort of the spirit of God was clearly evident. We want that in our church. People to feel God. Lord, there is peace with you and peace with people. We pray that there would be peace in our midst with you, that you would constantly confirm us as a church because there's peace with you in, the, in our midst and amongst each other. Lord, that you would continue to multiply the church, that you continue to bring people here that would be saved. You t- continue to encourage us to get out in the community and reach people that are lost and that do not know Jesus. We ask that, God, you would just help us, that the church would multiply. And it wouldn't be because we put on some big fancy event or we brought in some great speaker or we did this and that. It would be because every Christian in this room is going out to impact their sphere of influence and to share the gospel. And, Father, I pray that as you do this, that you would smile upon us, church, Smile upon your people and that, God, your anointing, your anointing would continue to rest upon the house. Lord, as many churches are turning to entertainment, as many churches are turning to to a half gospel and watering down the gospel, Lord, I pray that you would keep us as a light And that you would raise up lighthouses in the community where people who really want to be saved, that they can come to experience conversion. And Father, I ask that as we approach the end of the age and and the enemy begins to attack churches and attack in this country the same way he's doing in, in China and other countries, that, Lord, that you would help us to maintain a resolve 
that you would help us to maintain our commitment to truth and righteousness and that there would be Saul's who later would be called Paul's that would give their life to God because we did not shrink back from speaking the truth and creating a culture within our church that you would be pleased with. God, we thank you for this. It is our privilege to be a part of your kingdom and a part of your church. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.